Well, I feel honored that no one got up and left when Reggie said I was preaching, and then you stayed to hear the staff sing. And so either you're a glutton for punishment this evening, or you have nothing else better to do, or maybe you came to the Lord's house thinking that God would bless you through the reading of His Word and the heralding of the proclamation that we have a Savior that lives. Amen? Amen. And so uh, Super Bowl watch out, because here comes temptation, all right? We're in James chapter 1, verses 13 through 18. And uh, something that all of us are familiar with, but probably none of us have mastered, and that would be temptation. We all need the Lord's help when it comes to temptation. Maybe it's football, like this evening, or maybe it's donuts, lemon icebox pie, golf, working out, barbecue, music, gadgets, gossip, pride, or even sleep. Temptation abounds and surrounds us. And James has a word for this James has a word for us this evening, and so uh, let's read James chapter 1, verses 13 through 18. James writes, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone, but each one is tempted when by his own evil desires he is dragged away and enticed. Then... After desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting sand. He chose to give birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits for all he created. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for your word and how it enlightens our life, Lord. We ask that in the next few moments, Lord, you use this place, your temple, your holy place, Lord, that we might be here and gather together and the spirit might speak through me and through your word and our hearts receive what you have for us this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. You may not realize it, but each one of us here are marked men. We have a bullseye on our back, a target on us, because if you look at James chapter 1, verses 13, you cannot get past the very first word because it says when. It says when. It doesn't say, oh, maybe. It says when. It doesn't say, oh, you never know. It says when. And so we have to understand that we will be tempted. It's coming whether you want it to or not. When we are tempted, you and I are in a fight. Luke twenty two thirty one. Peter, the scripture says, Peter, Satan has asked for you and desires to shift you as wheat. Now, ladies and gentlemen of Peter upon whose rock faith is built, was tempted? If he had a target on his back, how much more do you and I have a target upon ours, upon our very soul? When, when we are tempted. It's worth studying. It's worth knowing. In fact, you have to know that Satan, and we'll use the NFL Game day reference, Satan is watching numerous hours of game film on your life. He knows how you move. He knows how you think. He knows where you're going. He knows when you're coming in. He knows you. And so when you're tempted, you can be sure that he's going to do a good job of it. 
You may not agree, but how else would you explain the incarnate evil which surrounds us? 1 Peter 5, 8 says, Be on alert and be of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And he would, not, he would rather not devour anyone else but those that are bought and paid for with the blood of Christ. He is looking to devour us, ladies and gentlemen. He's looking for you. Around every corner, he's watching. And he knows you're going out and you're coming in. And he knows how to tempt us. John 10, 10, the thief comes not only to steal, kill, and destroy. Thank goodness we have Jesus who has come to give us life to the full. Satan hates what is true and beautiful and good. And you better believe the enemy of your soul is studying you. We better understand how temptation works. There is great value in knowing the composition of temptation. And so as we look at James 13, part B, temptation according to James, he says... No one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. Now, I want to tell you something. If it looks like sin and smells like sin, it must be from Satan, not from God. Amen? If it looks like sin and smells like sin, that's from Satan. It's not from God. You haven't heard, if you haven't had a head-on collision with the devil in some time, it might be because you're heading in the same direction. The greater level of depth in your relationship with God, the greater level of temptation you will face because of it. Satan needs you and I to stop what we're doing. Nothing would make him happier than for him to tempt us off, fall into temptation and become stagnant, complacent, malaise, malign, morose, just downright non-movable. And Satan needs us to stop and we'll do everything in his power to get that. New levels of intimacy with God bring new devils upon us. I like that. New levels of intimacy between you and God bring new devils. He's got to try harder. It is, as the young people say, harder, faster, stronger. Hebrews 4.15 reminds us that God has gone through this, Jesus has gone through this, because we have a high priest who is able to sympathize with us. Luke 4 talks about Jesus' temptation, and it reminds us that temptation is not a mythological thing. It's not a fairy tale. It's not a wish. Temptation is real. Jesus went through it. Peter went through it. You and I go through it. And so the devil is not something that's in a childhood storybook. The devil, the Satan is real, and he devours people. That's what I tell our college students when we go to Beach Reach. If you've never seen the full progression of sin, you better hang on to your hats because you're going to see it. And it's not pretty. It's extremely ugly. Still kill and destroy. James wants us to learn what to do when we are tempted. And so in verse 14, he says, But each one is tempted when by his own evil desire he is dragged away and enticed. We need to know we need to size up the situation. There are things that you and I are involved in that are not part of God's kingdom. God cannot by his very nature be involved in. He can't be around. He can't be next to. He can't be cousin to sin. God is not in that. And so we shouldn't be involved in whatever that is. If you, walk, if you want to walk with God, you've got to flee from temptation. 
I like how this is, how I put this, because it's, I have to have these phrases that are kind of back and forth in my head to help my heart. We need to get the sin out so God can get in. We have to make room to receive the gift that James talks about here in verse 18. Matthew 7, 9 reminds us of what kind of God we have. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, gives him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, gives him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. God is the giver of good gifts. He is not the giver of temptation. Becoming apathetic in our walk with God is not something that we should look for. It's not something we should strive for. Apathy is sin. And it is one of the greatest sins of our time. Just not caring. We need to disassociate with things that are not of God and receive the gift that he is trying to give us. God will try you, but he will not tempt you. He will not initiate the temptation in your life. James says that that comes from you, the desires of your heart. By his own evil desires, verse 14 says, then he is dragged away and enticed. Each person is tempted when they're dragged away and enticed by their own evil desires. Verse 15, then after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin and sin when it's full grown gives birth to death. This reminds me of, uh, of some of my college students. Y'all may not know this, but I work with college students and college students. Sometimes they do things that are not the most, most intelligent thing. And you, you kind of watch them and you observe them and, and you pick up on trends. Well, there's a, there's a growing trend among what we would call uh, couples, you know, boys and girls that like each other in the college ministry. You know, when they kind of have been dating for like six months or maybe a year, the thing to kind of solidify the relationship and say, hey, we are arrived. We may get engaged. We may move this forward. This looks like matrimony. You know what they do? They get a dog. <laughs> they get a puppy. And what's really funny is they get this puppy and they've got all these pictures of this puppy and it's cute and it's wholesome and it's fun and it's nice and it's funny. And then you know what happens to that puppy? It's just like as James describes here. He says, then after your desire is conceived and you get the puppy, it gives birth to sin on the carpet. <laughs> and then more sin. And when it's full grown, that dog is a full grown dog. That costs money. You got to get it shot. You actually got to take care of it. You got to go home and let it out. And you got to do all kinds of things. And that cute little puppy that your relationship was built around is now a full grown dog. And you know what? It's not six months that takes place. It's about three months. And you just go, when y'all break up, who gets a puppy? <laughs> and you just see these couples and this puppy, this dog, this full grown dog is causing stress and strife in their life. And you say, well, I've been there, done that as a full-grown adult. I think we all have. Here's how we are tempted by our own evil desires. We would love to blame the devil, but James says it's us. The more I follow God, the more I realize that the enemy is in me. The enemy is me. We have seen the enemy, and it is us. Amen? The devil is real, but it is our own desire that tempts us. 
Own your sin. Each one is tempted by his own evil desires. Don't think about the big temptations. Don't think about stealing and cheating on your wife and all these big sins. Think about the one that so easily ensnares you. We all have our own variety of sin that we struggle with. We all have our own poison that we choose. Your sin may not appeal to me. And it doesn't need to because the devil just needs it to appeal to you. It is a sin that so easily ensnares us. It may be lemon icebox pie. I almost got a lemon icebox pie up here and put a fork in it and just was like, let's just let temptation rest. <laughs> let's just let temptation rest right here. And I was going to see how long it would take before Reggie's like, excuse me a moment while I help you with your illustration. You know, at my house, so, you know, we have all kinds of, you know, everybody has all these diets that they go through where it's a macro diet, a micro diet, you know, the South Beach diet, the revised South Beach diet, revised five times. Look, it's still from South. We want to eat this and we want to eat that. You know how you kill a diet? Nestle Toll House. <laughs> you know when the diet's over, when you smell chocolate chip cookies going through the house you know it's over it's, it's like thank god the plague is over you know <laughs> we should eat this and we should eat that maybe we should just know that temptation is going to come so how do we face it how do we combat it we often look at someone else's garden variety sin and we say i don't struggle with that but everyone is predisposed to a sin hang up we each have our own sin that causes us to go to stray so what's your one thing What's your one thing? You may not remember this, but I'm going to do this for some of the people in here, like my fellow staff members or somewhat of my generation. There was a video game when we were a little bit young, and maybe you played it with your kids. It was called Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Anybody remember Mike Tyson's Punch-Out? Yeah, just the guys on the front row, okay. And Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, you have to understand, so it's this game where you're going through and you're boxing these different boxers, and each one you had to beat in a specific way. King Hippo. You remember King Hippo? Jeremy, you remember battling King Hippo? Did you ever play this game? Oh, yeah. Jeremy's like, I still have it at home. <laughs> Going to go home tonight and play a little King Hippo. All right. So Glass Joe against King Hippo. So what you had to do is you had to wait King Hippo open his mouth and you had to punch him in the belly. That's the way it worked. But you had to know that each fighter had their own proclivity, their own way that you had to beat them. Know that the devil is studying us. He knows us. He knows what your one thing is. Everyone has a weakness, and Satan knows what it takes to knock you down, entice you. As Scripture says, drag you away. That is a fish hook in your mouth. That's what that, 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 that wording is. It's a fish hook in your mouth, meaning to bait the hook. Temptation does not announce itself. Satan has baited the hook, and you've been enticed, and you're being dragged away, and you don't even realize it. You're choking on worry. You're choking on pride. You're choking on gossip. You're choking on worry, which is focused on you when we know that we should worship because that's focused on God. First Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. It is this progression, this desire, sin, death 
that reminds us that temptation is the cuddly, safe, dabbable part of sin, but it gives birth to death. It grows up and then it takes you out. Think about Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter 3. One tree. One tree. Every other available tree around them, but this one tree, don't touch it or you will die. And the serpent, when he saw, the serpent, when Eve saw that the fruit was desirable, what did she do? We know. But what about all the other trees? You ever thought about that? You ever thought about all the other trees in the garden? All these other trees. But this one, this one that we should not eat from is the one that we were tempted by. So maybe that's the solution to temptation. Verse 16 says, every good and perfect gift, the gift from the Father, the giver of good and perfect gifts, the solution to resisting is arming yourself with the realization that God has given you good and perfect gifts. When you think and look at all the good gifts, you don't have time for the desire to be led away. When you're focused on all the other trees in the garden, it takes your mind off the chocolate that you don't need and focus on all the whole foods God has given us. Amen? First John 1 7 says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son purifies us from all sin. When we are tempted, we should grab the gift of grace. That is the word of God, the gift of the Holy Spirit, our helper in a struggle against the forces of darkness, the gift of the word of God, which is sharper than a two edged sword, able to split the core. Of who we are. The gift of grace reminding us that God does not change, as this verse says, and helps us in becoming the first fruits which He had created. James says when we are tempted, we should grab this first fruits of the faithful, the good fruit. Maybe we should grab the good fruit. Galatians 5 22 through 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. Against these things, there is no law, ladies and gentlemen. So grab all you get. Can, get all you can. And then, yes, sit on the can. And know that God is good. Satan may know our moves, but we know the Messiah. Satan may distract us, but God has delivered us. Satan may be in our huddle, but God's word says that we are to stay humble. Satan may hit us coming through the line, but God has got a path to righteousness that starts with Christ. Satan may cheat and contrive and conspire against us, but Jesus commands creation for he will crush your head and strike your heel what shall we say then in response to all these things how about this if god is for us who can be against us he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things who will bring any chance charge against those who God has chosen. It is God who justifies who then is it 
the one who condemns no one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or the sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. For his sake, ladies and gentlemen, we face temptation all day long. Knowing... We are considered as sheep to the slaughter. No, in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Amen? For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor demons nor things present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the good and gracious love of God Almighty. So when temptation comes, grab the gift of God's grace. And be reminded that there are a whole lot more trees in the garden than good and evil. And God has provided for us a way to flee temptation. And it starts with the path of righteousness. Amen. And so my admonishment to you is when you face those jelly donuts. Maybe you just face them with your Bible open. When pride and gossip surround you, maybe it's time that we actually put God's word in our hearts so that we could stand. That's my encouragement to you this evening is to grab hold of those gifts that God has given us. His spirit, his word, and his grace. Hmm. Bring on the temptation. Bring on the temptation. I don't know about you, but I'm not scared. Why? Because I'm bought the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for this evening, for the opportunity you've given us, Lord, to hear from you. We ask that in the next few moments that you be with us, guide us, help us, Lord. We need it. We are not perfect, Lord. We only perfected in you. In Jesus' name, amen.